Hello and welcome to this soccer speakeasy. Today is uh, Tuesday, the 7th of July, 20 and 20. It's been since uh, March, probably 9th, Jacob, when we last saw an MLS game played. I'm trying to think about it in my head. I think it was March 7th because the first game was a Sunday and then they played a Saturday. That for the crew, right. But for the rest of the league. In any case, uh, Jacob, we have more news from MLS today as it convenes. I think by now all the 26 teams have reported to Orlando and are in the bubble, but it is not without incident. Um, give us the latest. There was news this morning. So the news this morning, uh, I guess, well, let's go back to last night being Monday. The Athletic Univision, I think ESPN then confirmed it before the league came out and said FC Dallas had been withdrawn from the tournament. They had 10 players and a coach test positive for COVID-19. This was something developing kind of throughout the week and was really the first kind of mild outbreak inside the bubble that you could talk about. Now, MLS has said no positive cases so far have occurred in the bubble. It's just when the teams arrive, they have tested positive from coming from their home markets. So today, MLS rescheduled a game. Uh, One of Wednesday's games, Nashville will now play Chicago at a date to be determined later because Nashville had five players test positive. There are currently four other players who are awaiting second result. MLS protocol is once you have the initial positive test, you have to have a second to confirm that. And there was kind of a ominous line in there in the MLS release that said MLS will continue to evaluate Nashville SC's participation in the MLS's back tournament following the results of additional testing. I just see it as if you have nine positive, I don't know how they continue on with Nashville in this tournament. Um, other positive cases we should absolutely mention Thursday. We reported, other outlets reported, an unnamed crew player tested positive for COVID-19. The initial positive test was Wednesday. The second test was then confirmed on Thursday. Um, they The crew also canceled their friendlies against Minnesota United, who had an initial positive that turned out to be a false positive per reports. So the team, as of right now, they have resumed training uh, three days ago. They're planning to play Saturday against FC Cincinnati at 1030. And, you know, we're just kind of, you know, waiting, sitting on pins and needles to see what is going to come out of this bubble next. That's uh, Jacob Myers. Um, You can't see him, but uh, to 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 the left of Jacob on my screen is is Kyle Robertson, the striker. Uh, So the shield and the striker. I'm Mike Arace and, and welcome to this edition to the Speakeasy. Today's Tuesday, the 7th of, uh, of July, 2020, as we record this at uh, just uh, coming up on 4 o'clock in the p.m. And as Jacob just uh, outlined, there have been uh, one team um, that's pulled out of the tournament and two games that have been postponed. That was all within the last um, 12 to 14 hours. So things are happening down there. And Jacob, I want to come back to you again, because you and I both did some reporting, talked to some epidemiologists and wrote stories o- over the weekend. And the problem with the tests, specifically with the MLS's claim, which it's clinging to, the claim being that uh, 
there have been no positive tests within the bubble that uh, these coronavirus cases were contracted outside of the bubble and brought into it. The, the difficulty with that is, and you can use the crew example as a prime example of what, what false negatives could be about. The testing, according to the most recent study by Johns Hopkins, which came out last month, for coronavirus, if you take the test four days within contracting the virus, there's a 60% chance you'll have a false negative test. If it's when you have symptoms uh, popping up, which is usually around five to six days uh, or four to six days, um, there's a 38% chance it's going to throw a false negative. And even after uh, seven days, when they say the test is very good, it uh, still throws 20% false negatives. So if you put that those numbers and attach them to like the crew situation, they showed up last Sunday, uh, nine days ago, 10 days ago. They were tested immediately, Jacob. Is that correct? When they got to Orlando and they yeah. didn't have any positives. Yep. They came back with a, a so that means they might have had a false negative or they might have had a player contract the virus while in the bubble because then they had a positive on Wednesday and it was confirmed on Thursday. And so. In this period now, seven days last week to, you know, we're going into two days this week. Um, in this period, how many false negatives are out there? How many players are walking around that are unconfirmed positives within the bubble? Yeah, you explained that very well. Yeah. And for, for those who are trying to follow the science and things that are being reported, the basics you have to know is an issue for this whole thing. And it's really you can't account for it because it's the limitation of these PCR tests. It takes roughly five to seven days for a person to be infected before the test can really be reliable. Even at eight days after infection, that Johns Hopkins study that you cited, Mike, and the infectious disease experts that we talked to, the one that they cited, it says one in five people eight days after infection will still come back false negative. And this seems to be something that's being widely reported now. Uh, there was this quote in an ESPN uh, article, and it kind of talks about just the dangers with moving people in. It said you're actually moving people in and interacting with even more people. This is goes back to the question, would teams have been more safe quarantining at home in their home markets? Uh, NBA, for example, is going down to Orlando two weeks ahead of time instead of the one week that MLS required, which was actually, to, to be fair to point out, MLS – Right. That was part of their original proposed plan before the whole mess with MLSPA is the two weeks. But MLSPA asked for this one before games because they want less time away from their family. So it, it's a dangerous situation. There's no way you're going to get rid of all the viruses or all of the virus. It's just like you said, Mike, it's these false, these false negative tests. And, and other parameters that you can't necessarily account for. Uh, there's also the uh, the infiltration. Um, they're in one of the hot spots in the country. Friday, the, the, they posted Thursday and Friday last week. Uh, that area posted record numbers, and you know they've been they've been checking on this since since this all began in in late February, March. So it was like eleven thousand cases, new cases on on Friday alone. Uh, that kind of leveled off over the weekend. But that's another thing. They are. Uh, there are people who are going from outside the bubble inside as, as people who are, you know, making the food, uh, cleaning the rooms, uh, changing, changing the beds, all that stuff. 
all the service. Um, so you, you have to wonder about that as well. Kyle, there was also some information that popped up over the last couple of days about players. And this was suspected Carlos Vela, for one, yeah. the league MVP, who decided not to take part. His wife's pregnant um, and he didn't want to uh, risk any potential of exposure. Also, uh, Freddie Montero of Vancouver, um, another prominent name, um, also decided he will not travel to Orlando. What's this do for – we have a team that's pulled out. Yeah. What's this do for the, I don't know, legitimacy of this tournament? Well, I think it's. I think it makes it even more of a crapshoot than we probably uh, anticipated when we made our predictions a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, you don't really know, you know, what type of team you're going to have, who's going to possibly uh, be out because they either have, uh, you know, gotten it down there or, you know, I think it's just – I think it's going to be more unpredictable. I think you're going to see some teams that do really well and you'll see some teams that are uh, won't do as good as they normally would have. So, well – Nashville, for instance, um, uh, they they traveled yesterday. I think there were well in New York five, too, right? Yeah, New York. I think there were five late. teams that that didn't get to Orlando until yeah. Monday. Uh, Nashville, specifically, I know about is um, they hadn't trained since the previous Tuesday. And again, it makes one wonder uh, about the level of play we're going to see here, and 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 makes one at least contemplate how legitimate this whole enterprise is. I know they want to get back on TV, but as Jacob said. I'm I'm concerned and I'm I'm somewhat dubious because the two week quarantine they had originally built into this plan turned into a one week <laughs> quarantine where and and when you have players flying in that are that are testing positive, um, that's extremely prop problematic going forward. Jacob, jump in here anytime. Have you guys uh, did you guys read the report uh, from the uh, from ESPN about the NBA bubble? It's going to cost upwards of uh, 150 million dollars for the league have you guys heard anything about how much it might cost for the mls i have not i know they're paying for all the testing and you know the league is supported by the owners so in a way it's it's the clubs that are uh, on the hook for it now i i don't know the the revenue that the league is one going to get from all these games being on tv what the only thing i can really cite is commissioner don garber said the league was looking at about a $1 billion loss in revenue this season. So I don't know exactly what he was looking at to predict that, but that's something he said. Uh, but to go back to the points about the safety and health, Mike, we should mention that infectious disease experts that we spoke to were pretty adamant that the plan is good. They're just these things that you can't account for. One said to me, the virus has showed us time and time again that it cannot be controlled even through the best of intentions. So take, for example, when the crew had a positive test Wednesday, you look Wednesday to Sunday, that is doing the math quickly in my head, five days. As we had said, the virus might not show up yet by the time the crew would have had that friendly against Minnesota. So what you risked was cross-team contamination or spread of the virus. And that's something that MLS, I don't know how they really account for that right now. Uh, I think they're trying to figure it out as they go. One thing Don Garber said to the AP was if there is a situation at any time that they believe the protocols aren't working or the health and safety of everyone's at risk, he will shut down the tournament. That, that's the first I had seen a comment like that. I just want to pose to you guys, do you think 
that this tournament should be happening. Not as it was constructed as if, if they had the two week quarantine built into the bubble, that'd be one thing, but they didn't, you know, I just finished an NHL story. Um, they've agreed on their protocols, extended their CBA and uh, we know what their schedule is now. Um, and uh, even there uh, they have a better system and they're going to Canada which is contain the virus. I mean, relative to just Ohio, for instance, Ontario and BC have virtually nothing. I mean, there are cases, but it's beyond plateauing. It's on the it's on the other side of bottoming out. And so that's that's a huge bonus. The problem yeah. is, in, as you mentioned, is in this interim of two weeks of training camp, can they maintain their quarantine? And that's on the players. And then there's uh, they travel, and then there's a five to seven day uh, span before the tournament itself begins. I mean, there's supposed to be exhibitions in there. And those are the times uh, where there are what you might describe as loopholes in these protocols that the virus can exploit. So we'll see what happens there. But the short answer to your question is, should they can, I would say, should they continue? I'd be looking very hard at gas in this whole thing. I mean, think about the real possibility of playing a few games in a week and then having to shut the whole thing down. Um, what have you done by that right. point in terms of community spread of the virus within within your own league? You know, right. Kyle. You, yeah, I think you nailed it when you you know when you're talking about the NHL. I mean, they when they were looking at their hub cities, I don't think Florida was anywhere close to any of the hub cities that they were willing to go. But yet the NBA and the MLS kind of chose. I think a little early to head down to Florida. Um, because, you know, the, you know, you can maybe say the second wave is kind of hitting or, um, you know, or I don't even know, no, it's still the first wave, still the first wave. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, it was delayed a little bit, but I mean, you're talking about one of the major hotspots, you know, in the United States down there in Florida and, you know, um, you know, the NHL demon, you know, I, from, from all the research and all the reading I read, Florida wasn't any, wasn't in the top 10 of theirs, but yet the MLS and, and, and the NBA kind of chose, Florida. So I don't think, I don't think you're going to get a champion. I, I think, it, I think uh, what you guys kind of talked about, I think there will be a, there will be a game where somebody is infected and they'll get both teams infected and they'll end up shutting it all down. That's just my thought. They're in this crucial period right now of, as you said, Mike, five or six teams came down Monday, all the teams now minus FC Dallas, cause they left are in the bubble. What is it going to look like in this kind of first week at first week as games start Wednesday, are there going to be more infected? As you said, teams are just going to really have to comply with not mingling or interacting with, with other teams. Now they are wearing masks everywhere. And as we know from the research that should heavily prevent a spread of the virus, but none of this is a certain thing. If you wanted to ensure that no one else would get sick, then you would cancel the thing. So uh, it's really, you know, they're on thin ice, as some experts have said. And this week, I think, will really tell. If they get past this week and they're still at that 1% or below 1% of the people they're testing are testing positive, they, they should be okay. The experts we spoke to seem to think that the protocols were good enough to quell any outbreaks. But how do you not look at these, this thing, as you had said, Mike, and, and think really hard about just blowing it all up? Well, the, the only way to make it safe enough when you get right down to it is, is uh, they have to be willing to shut down for two weeks. If it comes to that, with with uh, if there's a if there's a rash of cases, 
or I don't know what the number is, but you know, for me it'd be one. But for them, I don't know X number of cases. Um, you sh- if you want to contain the virus or eradicate it within the bubble, that should be an automatic two week quarantine. Um, and so, would would they do that? It's a good question. What we can say is, in the case of the NHL, for instance, is they were talking to Vancouver as, as one of their hub cities, potentially. And Vancouver's done a, a terrific job w- with the coronavirus. And negotiations broke down because the NBA would not follow British Columbia protocols um, in case of, uh, in case of uh, a, a coronavirus outbreak. Um, in other words, they, BC said, well, you'll have to shut down for two weeks. And the NHL said, well, we'll go we'll go to Edmonton and Toronto then. Um, so they appeared unwilling to shut down their tournament at any given time um, if something went awry. Um, and uh, the thing is, that's what they have to do is shut it down for two weeks if something does go awry. And I don't know if they're willing to do that, MLS or anyone else. Yeah, we'll, All right. we'll be We'll be speaking to Caleb Porter and Jonathan Mensa. We'll be speaking to the media tomorrow. So uh, check to dispatch.com for any updates there. Jacob, I also wanted to ask you, you've been in touch with the crew throughout all this. What's the, what's the latest on them with the positive case, with what they're doing? Do you have any specifics? What did you write for tomorrow? So the club is not giving updates every single day on the rounds of testing. Uh, as far as I know right now, no other players, coaches, staff in that delegation have tested positive. They had two days where they didn't train, quarantine, just to – I don't know if there was actually any real science behind how many days you have to wait uh, before you can get back out to the training to you know, avoid any more false negatives, but – they resumed training. As far as I know, no one else has tested positive. I should be able to get more updates tomorrow. Uh, I haven't had any luck figuring out just how players feel down there. The players that were, I think, Nani for Orlando, for example, was one of the ones selected by MLS for media day yesterday. And he said he feels safe, but I, I, just, I don't know if, you know, the league – Obviously, you wonder if the league tells these players to to say something like that. Um, that's kind of conspiratorial. I don't know if that's true, but I haven't heard anything from crew players yet. We know they're right. eating well with their box lunches, right? <laughs> that that apparently was only the first twelve or twenty four hours. But, but yeah, if you haven't, by the way, follow uh, the MLS COVID Cup account. It appears to be uh, worked by some anonymous MLS player from inside the bubble. So. That's really? where the leaks are coming out, and I haven't seen Don Garber threaten to fire that player yet. <laughs> well, Kyle, you trust Don Garber? <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. um, you got anything else, Jacob? Well, I, I want to pose that question to you, Mike, yeah. because I knew you wrote this a while back about how Garber will have hiccups along the way, but he ends up getting the big things right. You You can kind of illustrate that more thoroughly than I did, but that was kind of the gist of your story, maybe back in May. So the, the question is, will he get this right? Yeah. Do you trust him? No. No. Yeah. I sent a hiccup. Yeah. You want to call it that? Just like when he said he'd shut it down if he had to, that didn't ring yeah. true to my ear. Um, he may be forced to. He doesn't want to. 
I don't know, maybe he will. But when he started talking about, and maybe this is just information that's coming from the health experts he has under his uh, tent, but when he was talking about how there's no, as far as they can determine, there's no cases within the bubble. I'm no health expert, but I've, I've been talking to a couple of them. One today, even we circled back to MLS and like, you can't say that because yeah. you don't know. So that to me is a red flag if you want to talk about Don Garber. Obviously, he's charged for for, for saying things that uh, will not cast a pall over this tournament. But th- that's just an outright falsehood, in my opinion. There's no way you can tell, and any infectious disease expert will say this, contact tracing, which the experts we talked to said they have a good contact tracing plan. But there's no way you can definitively say where someone got the virus. So you're, you're absolutely right. There's no real scientific backing to what Garber and the league is saying about no one has c- contracted anything inside the bubble. Well, let's, you know, as we sign off here, Kyle, you got anything else? I'm good. Score predictions from for Saturday. I guess uh, we're going to have a game. Yeah, uh, I'll go uh, 4-1 crew. Mikey go, Yeah, I'll go 15-1 to one crew. How about that? <laughs> there you go. I, I think, I'll, I'll just go all Tim May on it. I think the goal <laughs> differential would be in their favor. <laughs> I have no idea. You know, it, se- it seems yeah. to me like they're one, they're one of those teams, and I don't know who the other ones are, but they're one of those teams that got ready. You know, uh, like they got – if they're okay, I hope they're all okay. But the, I mean, they've been in Orlando for for more than a week now, and you have other teams like Nashville that haven't trained in more than a week. So it's like they'll get that stuff right. The the hope is that the one case does not lead to five or ten others. You know, so I guess unless you guys got anything off, else, we'll we'll just sign it off here. Yeah. No, I I think it's. Um it almost doesn't feel right to really talk about a game right now. You know, I agree. It, yeah. It's the rivalry. The hell is real derby, if you want to call it that, but no one's had any games before it. You don't know if this thing's going to continue. Um, I guess there's going to be a game yeah. Saturday. I'll watch it. I'll report on it. We'll have stuff online, but uh, yeah, you just think above all if this thing's go- if it's worth it right now. All right, gentlemen, Kyle, you good? Yeah, I'm good. All right, man. What'd you shoot today? I was down uh, d- uh, down at City Hall in uh, Columbus uh, Council President Shannon Harding. All right, was that very exciting? It was. He's a, he's a, uh, it's a very good interview. All right. Well, we'll look forward to that for Kyle Robertson, the striker, at K Rob Photo, and for uh, Jacob Myers at Jacob Myers. No more underscores. Underscore J C Myers. Yeah, J C oh, Myers. Yeah. So there's an underscore in front now. <laughs> it's it's been a while since I did that, Mike. I know. I did that circle apparently. You were double underscore for a long time. I, I apologize. I'm Mike Ares. Thanks for joining us for the Speakeasy. We'll talk to you again soon. And Patrick Flaherty, kick us out of here. <laughs>